The following audio is from LaGrange Church of Christ, located in Texas. For more information about LaGrange Church of Christ, please visit our website at www.lagrangecoc.com. Grace and peace to you this morning. It's so good to to be back with you today. I appreciate all the the cards and messages that uh, my family has received um, in this time of sorrow. Um, Also remember that uh, as uh, Bubba announced this morning, our second collection in August is going to our backpack program. And uh, every year we buy school supplies and backpacks for kids in need and try to hand those out to the community. So if you'd like to do that, uh, please keep that in mind. Um, Our youth group just got back from a mission trip to Tulsa. And in the coming weeks, we'll be telling you more about that. We'll have a slideshow and you'll hear from some of them uh, with their experience. Uh, This morning, we're beginning our Preaching from the Poets series, and I know that many of you look forward to this series each year. Uh, If you're wondering about the the songs that we choose, if you'd like to to hear one of those, then uh, you can look it up on my Facebook page. I'll try to post that a day or two before the series. But as we begin this morning, I thought it would be beneficial to review why it is that we do a series like this. The title for the series comes from Acts chapter 17 and verse 28, where Paul quotes pagan poets while he is preaching in Athens. And so when when Paul would maybe go to a synagogue, what he would do within that synagogue or what he would do with a Jewish audience is he would preach from the Jewish scriptures. But when he was among pagans, as he was in Athens in Acts chapter 17... Uh, He doesn't quote the Jewish scriptures, but instead he uses what is familiar to them. Uh, Each sermon, though, would end with Christ, whether he's preaching to Jews or whether he's preaching to pagans. Um, but, But Paul would use different means to arrive at that conclusion. And I think it's important that we follow in the footsteps of Paul and that we meet people where they are at. There are lots of people in the world today who are not familiar with the Bible, but they are familiar with other things, maybe movies or or music. And if we can use these things as a beginning point to get people to to Jesus, then we absolutely should. It's what Paul did in Athens, and we can do the same thing today. Second, as Christians, we must be able to discern good from bad. We are born into a complicated world. And we have to continuously evaluate our surroundings. And we must think about the content that we are taking in. And this includes the the shows and movies we watch, the books that we read, and the music that we listen to. And we must ask ourselves, is there any value to this movie or to this book or to this song? Now... Over the years, Christians have been vocal about pointing out that which is bad. But we must also be able to point out that which is good. And so if we're going to properly engage the culture, as we should, then we must be willing to praise what is worthy while also critiquing what is not. And so this series is is an exercise in discernment. We are learning how to carefully evaluate what is around us. And the final reason is that songs are a form of beauty. They speak to our soul in a special way. 
they shape us and, and influence us. And so it's important that we listen to songs that are going to offer us something. They may be spiritually uplifting or, or edifying. They may encourage us to do good or they may comfort us in times of sorrow. We need beauty in our life, but not all songs are beautiful. And it's up to us to surround ourselves with songs that are going to, to benefit us in some way. And so last year, a few weeks after finishing this series, um, Laura and I attended a concert where I, I heard a song that I knew I, I wanted to include in my next series. And it's by a, a Texas country artist named Jason Eady. You may have never heard him, but you can look him up. You can find the song on my Facebook page. And the name of the song is called Barabbas. You remember that Barabbas was that criminal that was set free rather than Jesus. Now, in the song, Edie imagines what happens to Barabbas after he is set free. The, the song is a fictional tale, but it points us back to Scripture, and it reminds us that we have something in common with Barabbas. And I want us to begin by, by looking at the lyrics to at least the first part of the song. And so, Edie is writing here, um, he's taking on the voice of Barabbas, and he sings, I, I heard the judge ask the jury, which one's the one to go? And I heard him say my name, and why, I'll never know. They unchained my feet, they unshackled my hands, and they let me go instead of that innocent man. Well, the guilt hangs twice as heavy when it's followed by a surprise. I'd surrendered. I was ready to give up and do my time. I did not know his name, did not know why he was there. But on this side of forgiveness, we both have our cross to bear. I've got a second chance. I'm going to make it count. Make my, make my way out west, maybe head down south. Live a life of a pardoned man, believing in things I don't understand. Now, we don't know much about Barabbas, but he plays an important part in the gospel story. He appears in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The, the blame for Jesus' death could not be placed solely on Pilate or solely on the Jewish leadership the people were to blame as well because they had a chance to set Jesus free, but instead they chose Barabbas. And I want you to listen how Matthew records this story for us. If you want to follow along in your Bible, it's in Matthew 27, beginning in verse 15. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. And they had then a notorious prisoner called Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew that it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. And besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with the righteous man. For I have suffered much because of him today in a dream. 
Now, the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. And the governor again said to them, Which of the two do you want me to release for you? And they said, Barabbas. Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus, who is called Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and he washed his hands before the crowd saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him to be crucified. Here's what we know about Barabbas. He was a notorious prisoner. Uh, This is probably because he did something really bad. He was known for his crimes. He deserved whatever punishment that he might receive. But he didn't receive any. He was set free. His crimes were forgiven and he was released. And because of this, Jesus, an innocent man, went to the cross and was crucified. Jesus received a punishment that he did not deserve. And so a question we should all consider is why does this particular story appear in all four gospel accounts? Why do we still know the name Barabbas today? It must be important or it would not have been included four times in our Bible. I imagine that most of the time when we read this story, you know, we we don't give much thought to Barabbas. You know, we may think of him as a common criminal and nothing more. But is he someone that we should forget? Is he a name that we should easily skip over? I don't think so. And one reason is that all four gospel writers took the time to give us his name. Now, after you watch a movie, they they list all the characters at the end. And this is called the credits. And if you've ever paid close attention to the credits, uh, then you know that the significant characters are all given a name. And they are followed by a list of characters that that do not have a name. This is because they are insignificant. Most of them do not even have any lines in the film. And something similar happens in Scripture. When when someone is named, this means that they are significant and, and that we should pay attention to them. And Barabbas is named. So therefore... We should pay attention to him. But why? What can we learn from Barabbas? Well, I believe he teaches us an important lesson. As we read the story, we know that Jesus should be set free. We know that Jesus is an innocent man. Barabbas, on the other hand, he is this notorious criminal. He deserves to die, and in 
Edie's imagination, the song, he, he admits this. But their places are switched. The innocent man is crucified and the criminal is set free. This isn't just the story of Barabbas. You see, it's, it's the story of you and me. It's the story of every one of us. Now, we may not be criminals, but we are sinners. And we know from Scripture that the punishment for sin is death. We deserve to die, but Jesus comes, and Jesus takes our place. Jason Eady, in his song, helps us to see Barabbas as, as we should, I believe. He, he gives flesh to this man that we often overlook. And he asks us to consider the guilty man who has given his freedom. In an interview from 2017, Edie said this about the song. To me, this song is about the fact that you have two ways to react to guilt. You can ignore it and continue on the path that you've been on. Or you can change your ways and try and redeem yourself. The good news is not good news until we properly understand sin. And, and we must come to realize the weight of our own sin. Our sin has hurt others. Our sin has hurt ourselves. Our sin put Jesus on the cross. And we should feel sorrow. We should feel guilt. And once we feel guilt, we have two options, as Edie states. We can ignore that guilt, and we can just continue on our way as if nothing ever happened. Or we can change our ways. In the Bible, this is called repentance. It's only when we confront our guilt and repent that we're offered forgiveness. And this is what Jesus offers us. Now, we have no idea what path Barabbas actually chose. Edie imagines in his song that he chooses the right path. He imagines that the, the grace that he received from being set free changed his life forever. That Barabbas turns from his former ways, his criminal ways, that he, he, he leaves crime behind and that he begins to live a, a righteous life. He makes something out of his life. And he only does this because of the surprise gift of forgiveness. This is the power of grace. It, it often changes those who encounter it. Now, at the end of the song, Jason Eady, who, who takes on the voice of Barabbas, he, he sings this. And now I must go on, always knowing that I'm bound, to try to make the best of this freedom I have found. And again, the truth is that we do not know what happened to Barabbas. His life could have turned out like Edie imagines it in the song, but it could have just as easily turned out poorly. But it doesn't really matter, because a song like this was not written for Barabbas, was it? It was written for you and me. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short. We all have 
guilt that we feel. And we must decide how we're going to move forward. Will we ignore it and and move on as if nothing has happened? Or will we acknowledge the error of our ways and, and, and strive to live a better life? If we acknowledge our sins, Jesus offers forgiveness. The blood of Christ wipes away our sins. God remembers them no more. But there is still this question of what do we do next? Do we continue on as, as we always have, living the same life, living the same way, making the same mistakes? No. The grace of God should cause us to live differently. We should go forward striving to live like Christ. We don't know what happened to Barabbas, but the way that Jason Eady imagines it in his song is the way that it's supposed to be. This is the conclusion that God wants. It's the conclusion that God wanted from Barabbas. It's the conclusion that he wants for you and me. God takes our place. God lays down his life for us. God loves us first. Now we are free to choose what we will do next. But what we ought to choose is to try to make the best of the freedom that we have found. God has set us free. And now it's up to us to live accordingly. Each of us who has obeyed the gospel is living the life of a pardoned man or a pardoned woman. And we must never forget that. Let's pray. Father, we come before you at this time and we thank you for this wonderful and precious gift that none of us deserve. We thank you that when we were guilty of sin, that Jesus stepped in and he took our place and he set us free. May we never forget that freedom comes with responsibility, that we can never live the life that we lived before this, that things are different now. We've been given a second chance, a new opportunity at life to to live differently, to show others Christ, to live as we should live, and to enjoy all the blessings of forgiveness and all the other blessings that you give to us daily. We know that this is only possible because of the sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross on our behalf. We pray this in his name. Amen. Perhaps you're here this morning and and you might be overwhelmed with guilt and you don't know what to do with that guilt. Um, If you're wrestling with that, that's actually a good thing that you recognize that you have guilt in your life. The good news is that you can receive forgiveness from that. That that's what Jesus offers, that he takes our place 